Okay, guys, try not to screw this one up. Hey, guys, it's Dunce Cap. And Samurai Banana, that's me. Yeah, well, we're back for season two of Dunce Cast with... Samurai Banana. With that guy. Uh, this season, we're talking about hip-hop video games, specifically ones about graffiti, emceeing, DJing, breakdancing, and we'll see which ones are cool and which ones are not. And we're going to start things off with... Kanye Quest 3030. Dunce cast with Samurai Banana. New season. No mistakes this season. Yo, yo, yo. This is Brian Ennels. You are listening to the Cabbages Hip Hop Podcast. What up, Gary? What up, Jeff? thrilled to introduce our guests for today's show. Joining us now are Infinity Knives and Brian Annals. The Baltimore duo's latest album is the critically acclaimed King Cobra, available on Bandcamp and wherever music is streamed or sold. Hello and welcome to the Cabbages Hip Hop Podcast. You! Yo, what it do, what it do. What up, what up, Gary? Thanks for having us, man. Love having you guys on. Always. Great talking to you. Thrilled with it at the album is getting some good traction. I love that other places are starting to catch up to the, what we've known about over here at Cabbages for a while. Slowly but uh, surely, man. Happy to get people on board. And uh, we just felt like, you know, we're uh, recording these bonus episodes for the season. I was like, well, I got to get these guys on. We got to come and talk about something good. Uh, yeah. Especially because we've been talking about some real trash this season. Just absolute trash yeah, okay. movies. So to explain a little bit, maybe... I don't know if you guys are listeners or whatever, but we've been having a bad movie battle. Right. Who can pick the best good, bad movies? Uh, the contest ended a while back because I just won a lot of them. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> but we made this extensive list. Agree to disagree. Movies. But, you know. <sighs> You can't disagree with winning, dude. Come on. We just an had objective this argument thing, right? in all of American culture. We just had this argument. How dare you? Anywho. We winners often say anywho. <laughs> That's a real winnerific statement. <laughs> oh man, what can I say? I'm a winner. Uh, we had this this battle, and we really drug ourselves through the muck, and we really yep. drug our guests through the muck a lot. Uh, and I I can jump in and talk about the movie a little bit. One of the reasons it was on my list, I had it in a list of guaranteed wins. Movies I knew would win on this show. Right. Uh, and I just never got around to using it because the, the season can't last forever. Unfortunately. Oh, yeah. God. We, no, it could not last forever. But I regard this as one of <laughs> I regard this as one of the best bad movies ever made. Now, when you say bad movies, there's a criteria that we're using here. We're going by Rotten Tomatoes scores. Right. OK. So when we say bad movie, we're going by it saying like the criteria was if it's rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. So this has a 25% on Rotten Tomatoes, which... Oh, did it? As I'm sure yeah. we'll get into. I, I is, saw that, yeah. I was also shocked and was like, this is the ace. I win no matter what if I put this on. It's so enjoyable, even though it has its, you know, giant glaring faults. Nah, I mean, it had some turd moments for sure. Sure. 100%. Some things did not hold over well from 1989. That is mm. absolutely true. Oh, but, man. Let's get here. At the same time, like, yo, so before we get into this, I'd seen this movie before when I, I seen it probably in 1990, probably whenever it first came out on VHS is when I saw it. Jeff had seen it before we start. we did this. We did a rewatch together, uh, got high, ate a bunch of food and watched it here at my place. But beyond that, had either of you, had both of you seen this already? Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. a black man in America. I, I absolutely. Yeah, seen yeah. All <laughs> I don't think I would have admitted if I hadn't anyway, but I've right, seen it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. Eddie Eddie Murphy is just a staple for me growing up. This is in my top five of movies I've watched the most times. Probably. Holy shit! Is really? That right? I've, I've watched this movie a billion times. My dad and I were obsessed with this movie. He owned all of the comedy records of pretty much everyone in that film that had a comedy record. It's got oh, a murderous right, fucking yeah. role, man. No, yeah, that's like a super group. It's one of the greatest assemblages of hilarious people in one room, and it's pretty much every scene. They're the first ones to do it, man. They're, they're like the uh, they're like the OG of that shit. Yes. 
Yeah. You know, the original, I, I was original Kings when, of Comedy. Yeah, yeah I was surprised. Yeah. Uh, I forgot Robin Harris was in it. Right. And I was like, oh, shit. And this Robin was, Harris, I think, before I think Bay Bay's like kids took off. Yeah, this is way before. This yeah. is pre before House Party. This is pre this is it started, I mean, I own an original copy of Bay Bay's Kids. On yeah, the my family, too. So, yeah. And, and, like, we listened to that. We wore the grooves off of that thing. You can't play it. Anymore. Damn. That's an yeah, amazing this movie now. was massively informative to my to my household for some reason. What did Arsenio <laughs> was Arsenio playing um Smalls' brother? Yeah. Was that, yeah, was that, was that, that was him? Yeah, I figured that was him. Yeah. Quoted and you were raised and you were raised by people, that, Jeff? What's that? Were you like in a black foster home? Like, how did this happen? No, it, <laughs> uh okay. My dad was a basketball coach. Okay, got it. And okay, like yeah. you know. The culture emanating from basketball and I absolutely were like okay. Guys. That totally makes sense. So we just right. knew about all of it. I listened to a ton of rap music, all of it. He was, was he was paying attention. Yeah. And I just lived in New York, so that's just perfect. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I, was just, I was just right. Eddie. I was just here. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Yeah, we know Eddie Murphy. We were like, right. <laughs> we would be like me and my cousins would just be like quoting lines from the specials back at each other all the time. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We saw every movie like and recently, like I went back to some of this stuff. Like I went back to because uh, Eddie Murphy, I got that ice cream routine in my head the other day. And I was like, I had to like relearn the lines because I'm like, yeah. I need to, I was like, I hadn't listened to it in a while. And like today I was listening to Red Fox. Listen to You Gotta Wash Your Ass. And just like, I love that fucking record. <laughs> He's the best. I love that record so much. It's like I've seen Don Rickles live. I've seen what he does to an audience yeah. or what he well, yeah. rest in peace. But my God. <laughs> I love what Red Fox does on that record. It's like 90% crowd work of just like, I'm just going to just shit on everybody I Roast see. You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just be like, yes, I curse in my act. This is not Sanford and Son. If you want to see that, you should watch television. Yeah, stay but home. Stay home. The original, I am not a role model. Yeah. The original, yeah. Yeah. It's funny, like, because uh, Bill Cosby was huge at the same time, too. But he was telling uh, Eddie to tone down, tone it down, funny enough. Yeah, <laughs> told a lot of those dudes to do that. Yeah, yeah history sure has uh has put some perspective on that. It's like yeah, Richard man. Pryor and Red Fox and Eddie Murphy and all these potty mouth comedians and generations off and Bill Bill Cosby's poo poo and like boy, we really sort of know who uh, who really was the uh, the bad seed and all that. <laughs> yeah, who was the, who was the <laughs> bad apple? The yeah, overcorrective the uncle once again. Overcorrected. Oof. Man, uh, yeah, no, the life did not, uh, life was not easy on him afterwards. But it's always the dudes who sort of uh, are extra vocal about that shit. You know what I mean? Hmm. It's, it's always something going on something. with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've the, come to notice that. The good news is that because he has uh, been outed as this completely horrible human being, we didn't end up watching Leonard Part 6 or Ghost Dad this season. I, I think oh, that's right. right. <laughs> yeah. Ghost dead. I, I was yeah. able to be like, oh no, my god, that's a wrap. I'm not. I'm not even touching. That's, that's like not, right it. now, even without Cosby's past. If I walk up to you and I have a, two VHS copies of a movie, one is Harlem Nights, the other is Ghost Dad, and I'm like, make your choice for the movie you have to watch the rest of your life. It's gonna be Harlem Nights. One hundred percent. And you could put Leonard yeah. Part Six in the deal. You're like, no, nope, I don't even want variation. <laughs> two for one. I don't want feature. variation. I just want the one. Thank you. <laughs> Seriously. Some of the best parts of this movie is when it's just the comedians doing their thing. Like that yeah. early scene where they're all just kind of there in the back room. The routines that happen, they're just... Eddie was kind of like in awe of Red Fox and Richard Pryor, just like feeding each other lines. Like that's some of the best yeah. stuff in this film. Yeah, for sure. Down. Yeah, when uh, they would sort of inject that out of nowhere, you know what I mean? In scenes where like they were, they would just hang out and talk. Those are definitely the highlights of it. You know, there was that weird famous scene with the, the fight scene with the pinky toe. I was just like, I, oh. I didn't get it when I saw it all these years ago and I still, I don't get it even more now. I'm like, what was the point of that? <laughs> <laughs> it was so, it was so unnecessarily violent and misogynistic. And it's just like, why are you, why are you shooting Della Reese, bro? And calling her a fat bitch. 
<laughs> it does lead to one of my favorite lines in the film, which is Vera whipped yo ass. Yeah, no, exactly. that is true. And if she, yeah. and if you hadn't shot her, <laughs> she would have kept, kept whipping, whipping your ass. She'd still be whipping your ass. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I feel like there's a. I'm sure there's like a uh, a version of this where they kept in a lot of outtakes that would have been a lot more laugh out loud funny. You know, I feel like as soon as they started to ramp up the improv, you know, they right, they they right. go they go back to the script. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, don't do that. The script's not good. Yeah, you know, keep improv. Yeah, it's not. I mean, oh man, it's bad. I think Eddie Murphy saw this. I think I've read a bunch of stuff about this, and and you know, getting ready for this, right? And I think Eddie saw this as an opportunity where people would be able to just sort of do what they wanted. Like this was almost a curb-like situation. Sure, sure. Where like he thought this was going to be a collaborative thing, and everybody showed up like ready to deliver those lines and pretty much those lines alone, and then go home. Yeah. Typical super group curse. Yeah. You know, and like Richard Pryor was sick at that point, and Red Fox. I, died you could tell after this. Yo, he looked rough. He yeah, looked he bad. M- yeah. He had MS at that point. Oh, yeah. yeah you, you could see, you could see the yeah. jaw movements, and yeah, he was rough. Yeah. It's wild because he plays this in this understated way. And when you have that information and you know that he was basically dealing with his MS diagnosis at the time. It's like, it's wild. But at the same point, he had another movie come out the same year. Yeah. Um, he, with um, Gene Wilder, he did a see no evil, hear no evil. And yeah, was, yeah, and, yeah. And it must've been, that must've been filmed earlier than this because right. there's way more range of motion. It's a, right, it's a, right. a slapsticky so movie. Yeah, a couple yeah, of people yeah. grab him in this movie and you're like, oh, no, no, don't, don't, don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's fragile. Yeah. One of the, and it's funny, one of the things I did actually on that point, one of the things I did was I, I rewatched uh, Eddie Murphy's appearance on the Arsenio Hall show to promote mm. this movie back in 89. And a lot of things happened in that, that, that you know, segment that's pretty funny. Like Michael Jackson shows up. It's like, it's, it's a wild thing. But yeah. during one of the interstitials, they showed bloopers from the movie, which is pretty cool. They oh, show bloopers, and one that. of them was a version of the first scene in the back room with the toothless gambler, the little boy. Where he's the kid, yeah. yeah and like, yeah. so like when he puts his basically, he has like his hand on Richard Pryor, the basically as he's threatening him with the knife, and like Richard Pryor's like, "You're fucking hurting me," <laughs> like actually just like, <laughs> yeah. he says it's so like, "Oh," but knowing what you know now, you watch look back on that, and it's like. Oh, well, you can't up. take that. Oh, he really shit. was hurting him. Yeah. 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 yeah she was, you know, dealing that, with some issues. I mean, also in a lot of the interviews for this, he's just like super complimentary and really happy about yeah. it. And is like happy to have done it. Whereas like older Richard Pryor interviews about movies that weren't doing well, he would like try to rib on the movie a little bit or, you know, like give stories Damn. or like that. But that's so sad. He yeah, wasn't going to do that to this movie because he was like, I think he was just pumped to hang with those dudes. Again. It's it seemed right. like Eddie was paying tribute to him a lot in the movie, yeah. in a way. 100%. You know, you could see the uh, the admiration and the way you know the, him just setting him up as the father figure. You know, says a lot. Right. That's what uh, I was about to say uh, yeah. on, on how he viewed Richard Pryor. Um, but to bounce back to Arsenio, one hundred percent the MVP of the movie, and killing him off early is the worst decision that they fucking oh, made. Oh man. It's so Ar- that's a wild take because Arsenio because it's a hilarious scene. It's the funniest part of the movie. It's it's amazing. He's really good. Suits the guy in the back of the head in the car. He's like crying, oh. but he's like spazzing out, and it's like shit, man. Arsenio Hall was the gem, bro. I want to get, yeah, get, get you. I want to 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 get you. When they when they shoot their friend in the front seat <laughs> and their reaction oh. to. Which, by the way, his the dude hanging out with him is Juana Man. Yeah, one hundred right. Miguel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's so much weird history that branches off from this film. Uh, they that reaction is like drop dead funny to yeah. drop dead funny every yeah. every time I watch it. They're just losing their minds. I mean, the reason why he's not in this movie as much as we want him to be is because the Arsenio Hall show at that point right. was was in production. So the right. first season started in like January of 89. And then by the time the movie came out, they were in season two. I think season ah. two started that fall. So like he, he couldn't have gone and done. They, they like spent months making a movie. They like probably shot for two, three months. Sure. From, yeah. Yeah. From, and whatever Murphy was saying is he, they, it took them seven months to make it, which I imagine that means from 
the whole process, you know, and editing yeah. and whatnot. And again, this is, production, yeah. And look, he's we're also going to deal with the fact that he's first time director, yeah, in this Obviously. too. So only time like, director, first right? and last, first and last, which he addresses he, on the R City. Yeah, he show. said he didn't want to do it ever again. I mean, he must have been exhausted. Mm-hmm. He it did not is not what he wanted to be doing. Like because he said on the Arsenio Hall show, he said they would ask you questions on set, like, "Oh, should this pillow be here or should it be here?" And he's like, "I don't care." Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he's like, "I, I'm not. I want to just do this scene." So like, it was more yeah, than like just that. the title for sure. That's what I've come to notice. Yeah. So he never went back to directing after this, and I think that's probably he was also a producer. Like, writer wrote it oh he wrote, he wrote it too yeah, yeah. Didn't he? you can call it writing yeah well that's the thing because like he said he did it in a hurry too i don't think <laughs> i don't think any of arsenio's lines are written i think no, that is just like everything in that scene is just the kind of stuff you do when you're naturally funny and they just turn the camera on and let you go absolutely right. yeah Every single I mean the thing little the it. little gun scene was really funny <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it, yeah it's my favorite I, I wrote down the quote from that. He's like, "What the hell you think you're doing with that little shit? Stop it! <laughs> Don't shoot that little motherfucker! That little motherfucker no more!" Like, and he's doing that in the screaming, crying, and he's voice. crying, and he's I, crying. I can't, do it just, I can't do it justice. He's just doing it in such a way, like he plays the entire time. He doesn't stop the crying over the top, like over the top the entire time. It yeah. is extraordinary that there's never like a moment where he goes like, "Oh, you know what? Like, I'm just gonna like play here." Or there's like, no, no, I'm gonna be always up here for the every time you he see he didn't me. tone it down, yeah, not once. And, and, and I that's think a that's, t- what, that's a that's a tough yeah. thing to do, you know, because it takes a lot of bravado to just be like that completely unhinged, you know what I mean? And, and you know, with them being comedians, it's the competition. And I'm sure he's thinking, you know, I'm our senior hall, but I'm here with fucking uh Richard Pryor true, and yeah. Eddie and Red Fox, like I gotta show out. And I, I wish the rest of the movie, you know, had that kind of madcap energy that that scene had. That felt like what Eddie was going for, you know, that type of improv, that type of just wildness. Um, But he keeps getting pulled down by this like fake nowhere thing that they're trying to pull off. You know what I mean? This Um, this movie has trouble with what it is. Oh yeah. The tones. What, what is it? Yeah, exactly. There's a whole lot going on. There's a whodunit, but not really a heist. There's a a whodunit where we know who is in charge the whole time. uh there's some twists and turns but you're like oh okay so like you 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 paid the cops got it yeah right it's thanks for letting us know i guess <laughs> yeah it's not um yeah the build-up there's no uh there's no tension and i think you know in order to pull off that type of high steel or whatever even even like uh like oceans 11 which is a similar movie to this in a way you get tension during the heist you know you're like are oh, yeah. you gonna pull it off there's right. all these different moving parts where you're surprised and shocked. And, uh, you know, there's a little bit of that, but, you know, it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't quite fucking stick the land. It just kind of happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it I think the word for it is plotting. It's plotting. Like you see the steps being taken yeah. and they're long steps. Like those are long scenes. Very long. Like Richard Pryor sits down with, with Sergeant Phil Cantone. Right. That's like and 15 minutes right there. It's really 100%. He's like mean and shitty and racist. And like, I, I appreciate it. You know, like, I'm glad there's character work, but it's a lot where you're like, no, I, I understand. He's like vile and shitty and racist. I got you. Right. You're real, right. You, right. you could do this in a couple of lines. But, and it's like, and it's like, it's Richard Pryor. Like, let him, let him, let him rock. You know what I mean? Like, let him. Yeah. And, and, and I, and like you said, it's character work. you know it's an attempt to give the movie some depth and to make it more than like a madcap comedy um but what the fuck you got richard Pryor in the movie man you gotta let him go off a little bit he doesn't go off at all in this movie um yeah Yeah. you know richard everybody else does a little bit but richard just and again you know we talked about the ms and and the issues that he was having and sometimes it's tough too because they put a bunch of scene stealers in there i mean yeah Della Reese stole every scene she was in. Red 100%. Fox yeah. Stole every scene he was in. Oh, yeah. Red, I mean, Fox, Red, Red Fox. Red, Red Fox, Fox. Every time. When he put the glasses on <laughs> next to the craft table, I died. I died. I mean, that for was, real. That was amazing. Incredible. Just the physicalness of it. 
Just yeah, because remember him having his nose up a little bit. It's like it's hilarious. Right. Yeah, no, I remember because uh, when he hit the dude in the car, and he's like, "What are you blind?" And he looks up with the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> An incredible joke. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, he's like trading barbs with people who are throwing dice. That's right, right. Wrong the whole time, but won't admit it. You know what I mean? Like he's. He's just incredible through this whole movie. Nah, he he was a really understated character for sure, but in a in a really good way, you know. And there was just come in and they were letting. I felt like they were letting him kind of get a last word in at the end, you know. Yeah, for sure. Where he was like, "Oh, we're never going to find another place like Harlem," and like agreeing with with Sugar, and then Delores comes out and just curses his ass out again. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes. No, he he doesn't get a good word. Let me look at it one more time. (laughs) <laughs> he's like no get your ass in the car you had right. eight, 70 years to look at this place we're gonna go somewhere else now yeah kind of like you know kind of like just a passing of the torch in a way it's felt like mm-hmm. too you know just the uh the older cats kind of handing it off to eddie and i think you know it was um i don't know you can tell eddie in the movie man like and you can't blame him for this because he's literally I don't know, the most popular person in the 80s, probably pop culture wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like he, he's fucking feeling himself in this though, isn't he? Well, that's like, the thing about this he movie. Really is. But that's the thing <laughs> about this movie that gets me. It's like because we talk about how the tone changes, like it gets like really long and draggy, and then suddenly it's a laugh riot for like a eight sec for like an eight-minute portion, and then it's back to like you know, death and long protracted scenes that repeat each other. But like you get to this point where um you start to realize Eddie Murphy is playing Eddie Murphy. <laughs> but no, he's playing Eddie Murphy acting in this movie. Right. He's like the only character in this film that knows he's an actor in a movie. Right. Everybody right. else is playing their part and he's doing, as that was worse beyond doing your act, which some of these, these, these guys do. Yeah. Like, you know, he came in there and it's like, he's like, I'm Eddie Murphy. I can't believe I'm in this movie. He, he almost he doesn't break. But he comes close to actually breaking multiple for times. Sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. He's having a time of his fucking life. Yeah. For sure. And as good as he is at everything, he was, you know, he was getting outclassed at being like the class clown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which he's sure. used to being the class clown in like a room full of like actors and, and yeah. all these people and directors. He got a bunch of comedians together and it was like, oh, no, 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 no. We are much bigger clowns than you are. Yeah. He, he definitely he de- turned him into a straight man in a yeah. way. Yeah. They really did. It happened to it happened in such a way because, like, if you look at like he was on this like R-rated role in the eighties. So like, yeah. starting with yeah. Forty Eight Hours, you know, he's the funny guy opposite Nick Nolte. Yep. Trading places, he's oh man, I'd arguably outshining Dan Aykroyd in that moment. But there's a lot of great funny stuff in there. Beverly For Hills sure. Cop one and two and two. Uh, then coming to America, like at that point, he could basically write his own ticket. And he's like, yeah. oh, I get a shot to do whatever I want. I want to make a period piece and have it star or co-star every black comedian I love. Huge power. And, and, and have it. fucking um, uh, Herbie Hancock, who's a massive. Yes. You know Huge. what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. I yes. didn't know that. So I saw it. So I was like, right. Herbie Hancock did the score. That's crazy. Yo, like he was playing his ass off for this movie, man. <laughs> totally, dude. And this movie was like incredibly jazzy. Yeah, oh yeah, sure. yeah. No, like from from the jump, it was jazzy. You yeah. know, it had the like velvet uh, backdrop with the the names that go on. It was like a, a seventy five minute introduction uh-huh, uh-huh. backdrop with names on it. <laughs> right, Eddie right. Murphy's <laughs> name like eight times. <laughs> Starring, written and directed by, produced, right. executive produced. Yeah. Plus, he has a production house just to let everybody know. <laughs> Eddie Murphy production named after him. This is yeah. an Eddie Murphy production. If you didn't know it, yeah. he, he did this. So, if you stay after the show, he will sing you songs from his new album. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. He was singing too. He was at that time. Yeah, he already had like yeah. he had multiple singles. He had a couple. I think he was on album two by that point. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Enough He's in a like, reggae zone now, I believe. That's kind of what his thing is now. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. that was a couple years ago, but I remember that. Well, even yeah. Snoop had his reggae period. We Snoop, Snoop Lion for a while too. Yeah. So, you know. Oh yeah, I forgot about Snoop Lion. Everybody gets to have it. Everybody gets a moment. Once you get it, once you get to a point, I think I get a moment. No, when you are at that level of superstar, oh, I see what you're saying because like, I don't get you can you I'm can not, have, I'm not gonna have a reggae. Just like I haven't been able to do Jeff, reggae yet. Jeff's reggae moment soon. I got you. But <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. Hit me with the shit. I need that fight. Uh, in discussing 
the role he was in and like how much of a superstar he was. Yeah. He took some liberties. And the one that I think was kind of the weirdest and grossest was like licking Jasmine, Jasmine guy, guy yeah. from like fingertip to top of head. Basically. Oh yeah. He, he yeah, overdid yeah. it. He overdid it. Yeah. No, yeah, I, yeah, I remember that was also very unnecessary. I don't know. I guess that was more common back then, though. Those kind of scenes. I, I thought it was. I guess really so. To do that and then immediately do the cut to two candles that now have burned way. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> those burned way down. I was wondering. I was wondering if if somebody was gonna bring that up. <laughs> yeah, but but there, but there's no sweat. Her hair isn't messed yeah, up. Everybody's she perfect. Makeup on. Everybody's perfect. And but they were doing some serious off. work. And, and what she said, he said, you know, I was yeah. putting work when he's like trying to do work. the wrist. And then, and then he shoots her in the head, which goes back to, to I don't know, the, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm too progressive, but the misogyny of the movie. It's like, there's a, there's a disdain for the female characters in the movie. There um, actually is. Almost actually is. And there's also, there's, there's two things with that too. It's like, think of who the female characters are in this film who have the yeah. level of prominence. You know, Della Reese, who gets humiliated mm. with getting shot in the foot. Right. right. To continue ostensibly working for this guy. Uh, yeah. Certainly with, but really for, because he's the son, he's the you know, son of Sugar Ray. Right, right. right. He uses it to like, I guess, like basically to, to turn her against them when talking to the gangster. Mm hmm bugs yeah. go home she says like he shot me in my foot and he shot my right. pinky toe off that's like, no I mean, like, that's terrible yeah so there's so, like I used mean, it later as like fodder which is but right, it's still right. particularly cruel then you have uh you have sunshine right who is there later son who looks incredible in the movie incredible yeah. i mean I mean, she's stunning. And but like they basically do this whole thing with her, and she's just completely obviously she's manipulating character, but you're just seeing an objectification. Right. Oh, yeah. Now for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so that's stuff's in there. She's a walking vagina, is how you know what I mean? Like that's that's the character. Like even Richard Pryor's wife in this, like, doesn't get much love. Like, even that, like like her that scene which feels extraneous in the longer, just like of them in the bedroom where he's just worrying about quick and she's like let's just have sex like stop which is the last sex. time i think we see her right we don't see her again until like the end when they're like leaving moving yeah, out yeah, yeah. otherwise it's like where's she been all this time where people are getting right. killed she's like i don't want to move <laughs> i feel like she got it. cutting room floored for some reason yeah. i think she yeah, was more yeah. in this movie and then somehow it just didn't happen and then it's jasmine guy and jasmine guy like look i'm sorry i'll always know her for a different world that's just how Willie. i'm always gonna see her Willie yes. gilbert and it's like, so basically in the same scene, we, we take a character who had been like, you know, who's shown on TV and it's like, we're going to, we're going to basically cheapen her into this sort of like two-dimensional version of a femme fatale. And yeah. then we're going to show her get killed. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Right. They would never have done that for a scene with like Red Fox. If Red Fox, if it was written into the script that Red Fox was going to die, you would yeah. never see that man actually like, you wouldn't see anything or they would turn it into a joke or they would do something like sure. they would have treated it with a certain amount of respect. But I think it was just like, right. Oh, we just got to have some killing in this movie. Just, and we could, we're going to show it because we got our rating. We're just going to stick that. Yeah. So I don't think any of the female characters of this film get anything, anything good. I just keep, only thing I keep thinking with Della Reese is like the next thing she did after this was touched by an angel. So. Holy shit. That's right. Which was on for like 11 years. Exactly. So if it's like if you only knew Della Reese from Touched by an Angel and someone said, hey, she's in this movie called Harlem Nights. It's a period piece. You should check, check it out. Check her out. I've actually yeah. heard a couple of stories about people that happened to it. You know? No way, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was a Reformed Christian. They were like, I would be in rooms. And I'd seen the movie a million times. I'd be in rooms and like women talking about like their favorite TV shows when it's when it's Christian only. At that time, it was like Dr. Quinn and that. Touch by an angel. Like, yeah. maybe if you were younger, safe by the bell. I don't know. There weren't that many shows that catered to you. Yeah. We so didn't, we didn't have people like, for, don't for watch her movies, though. They're foul. <laughs> and I knew exactly what the fuck they were. I was like, mm -hmm. what they were talking about. Don't do it. Oh, she says the worst things. She yeah. She's got a mouth on it. She was oh, good, yeah. though. And so yeah. I, you know, I would try not to laugh in front of them because I think the movie's great. <laughs> I'm like 11 and I never should have been watching this film. <laughs> Like Eddie Murphy was so huge at that point. How could you not have watched it at that time? Like I watched everything he was in 
everything. Yeah. Yeah. I went back and watched things that he had been in. I, I would we would rent like the uh, best of Eddie Murphy SNL on VHS from the video store. We would rent that over and over again and watch him do Gumby and Mr. Rogers Neighborhood. Buckwheat, like, the whole nine. Buckwheat been, has been shot. We would do the whole thing. So like we were obsessed with it. Yeah. So like as much as like I think Harlem Nights makes yeah. more sense to me as you know as an adult versus when I was 10 when I watched this movie or 11 when I watched this movie. At the same time, it's just like I appreciated a lot of the, the humor back then. I found it funny back then because I was sure. obsessed right. with what he was doing. I would I would say I enjoyed it more when I first saw it as a kid than I Absolutely. did like rewatching yeah. it. Yeah, because you're just because, like, oh shit, Eddie Murphy is great. Yeah, it's Eddie Murphy, and, and you know that because it, it's it's violent and there's cursing and they're right. saying that you know you, you get off on that when you're ten or eleven, right. and then you it get a little older, child, but you're still like hell yeah, yeah, you know? right. <laughs> and and, and, and the Eddie Murphy being a big deal, um, I remember one of the first movies like my parents took me to because I don't think we saw this in the theater. At least I wasn't there. I saw some VHS later. But um, Boomerang, you know, we went, they took me to see that mm-hmm. movie. And it, was, yeah. and it was similar to Spike Lee in a way where it's like, when this person comes out with a movie, you know, if you're black in America, you go to the theater and fucking see it. Right. Um, him and Spike were, were, were at that level. And I mean, I don't know, who was more famous than Eddie Murphy in the 80s? Like Schwarzenegger, maybe? Michael Jackson? Not Prince? even. Not, I mean, I mean really. they would have to, I think that they would have to come from outside of movies. It would have yeah. to. Michael Jackson and Prince are the ones. The Michael I Jackson, Michael, Prince. I think you're right when you said those two. You I think know, I think we're on the cusp of Michael Jordan there yet. eclipsing him because we're Michael right there with Drew. Yeah, Jordan's on the way up. Yeah, yeah. But like at that time, pre basically like or right as Jordan's coming up, yeah. that dude's one of the hugest names on the planet for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He, you know, he took some tumbles a little later in the in the nineties before he kind of found Shrek. But like even then, you still got Boomerang out of that period. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. He's, you still is, got- is Boomerang? Is that the one where there was like a nerdy version of him? No, that's oh, no, no. That that's, that's both finger. That's, finger that's with, right. That's, with Steve Martin, which is another. That's thing. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was also underrated. There was also Norbert. Very underrated. Not Norbert was the bad one. Norbert, Norbert was terrible. Oh yeah, that was like that was a little bit like mid two thousands, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that was me. Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Seven. Yep. Yeah, wasn't that was, that was, that was, Pluto, that was the Pluto Nash era? That was when he mm. was like I completely fallen off the fucking Man, cliff. I saw I saw Pluto Nash and my dad in theaters. You know what's really funny about my dad is I saw Pluto Nash in theaters with him. I saw Battlefield Earth, Earth with him in theaters. <laughs> like all these Jesus. horrible movies. I don't I don't know what the fuck was wrong with them. Did you guys <laughs> just have a bad track record? You guys talk to each other or was funny enough? We we don't, but like he would he worked so much because he took you to see Battlefield Earth. You haven't talked to him since then. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't he would go there and he would sleep and he would snore so loud and embarrass me. I'd be like, (laughs) fuck. Just typical dad shit. You know what I mean? I think that those movies were picked because you guys were ahead of your time and you were trying to go where there weren't crowds. That makes sense. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because those certainly aren't gonna draw much of a crowd. Fucking Battlefield Earth, Jesus. Pluto Nash is excruciating. That's the one with Rosario Dawson, right? Mm. Pluto Nash, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, Rosario Dawson and Randy Quaid. I never had the pleasure of seeing this one. Who lost his mind like a couple years ago. He lost his his mind is gone. It's been gone for a while. He's like, it's funny because now he like mostly like tweets like pro-Trump shit, but he used to be just completely insane. Living in the woods kind of deal. Like all yeah, the runs yeah, that, that seems to be the uh the sort of common thing with those celebrities that lose their mind. All of a sudden they come out, they're like, Yeah, Trump. Yeah, that's the outcome. I, if Gary Busey is a Trump supporter, I wouldn't be surprised. Nah. You know what I mean? Not to take anything away from his stupidity, but like also that's one of the easiest <laughs> ways to gain immediate notoriety back in the media. One hundred percent. Word to roll in and Hercules. be like, yo, I'm I'm that's true. I'm a crazy person and I'm into crazy, stupid things. Don't you love yeah. it? And people are like, I do, I do love it. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm Aaron <laughs> I don't like it at all, and I'm gonna let everyone know how much I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. It's really something because like Randy Quaid is one of those people you saw in movies a lot, like obviously Independence Day sure, you know, yeah. and then bullshit like Little Nash. But like you saw him in stuff and like the National yeah. Vacation movies, movie. vacation movies. Like, yeah, you're like, yeah, you, you saw some of that. And like to see what he's like now, is like embarrassing versus like somebody like Eddie Murphy you see now. And it's just like, oh, this man made good choices. He's I made some decisions. I, I Look, I don't he's know the whole past. Now. Yeah. I don't know the whole past on Eddie Murphy. I didn't like dig into like what he may or may not have done wrong in his career, 
per se, but the biggest deal was made of him doing like what paying for sex. Yeah, that was his major controversy. Yeah, the major controversy yeah, in the nineties. Yeah, paying for sex with a transgender sex worker. That's right. right. Yeah, was right. basically right. the was the thing. So it was oh scandal for that. Yeah, given that the, was given the big the scandal. Era, was like yeah, and what did he do? He came back and became like one of the yeah, most who beloved children's characters in, yeah. in, in history. Yeah, he was like what's like, up? I'm Doctor Doolittle. It's true. He's like I'm Doctor Doolittle. I am I'm a nutty professor. I'm the fucking donkey. I'm the donkey. <laughs> That's right. Like he's, yeah. he spent Hercules. 20 years as a donkey. Like, I'm sorry. He fucking won in all that. Totally, he won. Man. Yeah. He won. Yeah, I'm and waiting. He, he, I'm waiting for like, I, I don't know. I it's like part of me is waiting for a uh, a comeback like stand-up thing where it's like super reflective, but I'm afraid that it's gonna be Dave Chappelle style. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. That's, I mean, that's oh, my fear. But that well, we know he doesn't no. hate trans people. We know oh, yeah, that. no, that's, that's one positive. And that's not only that, he's actually come, he's gone on record, like in, in I'd say at least in the past like five or so years, like saying, like, yeah, I did I did some stuff in my my acts back in the day that were mm-hmm. that was, I, taking I, some of that back. I wouldn't back, do yeah. the I wouldn't do the AIDS, the AIDS jokes again. I wouldn't do those again. Right. It was a different time and I was different, yeah, I was right. a young guy and I made some mistakes. Like I wouldn't do those now, knowing what I know. And it's like Okay, it does give you hope for if he did come back to do something that was his and in his voice, it would be something really reflective. It, it'd Possible. be something worth watching. Yeah, it kills cringy. If I was twenty-two mm-hmm. and the most famous person on earth, I'd I'd lose my mind. You know, yeah. so I give him a lot right. of credit for you know, like yeah, for holding it together. For, for that all well. for the the whatever damage he did, and it, it like you know, it wasn't as bad for being a twenty-two-year-old. No you know hot shot no and it's like the fact that he also has the kind of self-awareness look back on and go like oh i wouldn't do this different i would do this differently that's great as opposed to being like this digging in of heels and like comedians should be able to say anything they want to say it's like no he's saying like i recognize we're the most oppressed groups of people there are yeah it's it's, so i appreciate that that's not that what i wish is that he, he would find a project to do that with already because like Tower Heist was like one of my biggest letdowns as a Eddie Murphy fan. It was just watching oh, with him. Ferris Bueller. Fucking, right? He has no business being that movie with Ferris Bueller and Ben Stiller. And oh, <laughs> shit, that's right. It's no, so but bad. he did make it successful. Worse. There was another one that was worse, and I think it flopped badly with the tree. Uh, he, there was a tree, and when the leaves all die, he dies with it. Do you remember that? It was like well, 2012. It's called One Thousand Words. It's called A Thousand uh, Words. That's what, what? it is. Man, it was like a it was like a super. I, I, got, I, I have a yeah, I have a hole in my memory bank for that one. That one I fucking missed. For Do you sure. remember the premise I have of that? No one? idea it's what you guys are talking premise. about. Yeah, yeah, I'm lost. Me and Jeff are like, what the fuck are you talking about? The leaves the fall premise? off the tree and then he dies. That's it. No, what's Yo, the he premise? couldn't speak. He couldn't speak every time he said a word. A leaf would fall from a tree because <sighs> there was a thousand leaves, and then I don't fucking know. It was like some <laughs> click. It was like click liar liar style like. Comedy, wow. you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. Like, I do know. So there was a there's a magical spell. Humanity. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Then he learned something at the end. I walk around my uh, my apartment often, and will actually just kind of go behind my wife and whisper in her ear a one sentence plot to this movie all the time. It's a running <laughs> joke in my house is to say, "So, baby, Eddie Murphy can only say a thousand words and I'll die." <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad yeah. I'm, this is I'm sharing this is the most personal thing I think I've ever shared on the show. I do that shit a lot. Wait, are you serious? Are you serious I'm not even joking. It's the thing I actually do. If that premise were alive in this film, he would have wasted all of it on descriptors of how fat the the gangster. Uh, uh, <laughs> that he would have wasted smack. all dude, of them. He, he did the exact same that. run twice. Yeah, yes. no, dude, dude, I was oh man, I was just thinking about that because you could tell he, he was like starting to fumble with his words. He called him like a gelatin ass. I was like, yeah. oh, that's gonna, that's gonna You're like, that was the best take. That was the best take, bro. You got nothing. I kind of loved them both, though. <laughs> this is what I mean when I say like they're the, he's the only person in this movie that knows he's in the movie. For right. sure, like, knows right, he's in yeah. it because he's doing improv like that. That should have been a blooper, and it's like, no, keep it in. 
that's, yeah. that's fine. And you that's can fine. Kind of, you can kind of tell there's a little smirk. He's trying not to laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the areas. I like that breaks. shit. I like that shit. And yeah. you can see was, yeah. Richard Pryor's right face change too. Richard Pryor's looking at him like, uh huh. <laughs> there's there's more. Okay. <laughs> He's like, yeah, keep going. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, okay. So there's there's fat jokes in this in multiple places. It's definitely not good uh, in its way that it it treats the the female characters in the film. Uh, that's certainly not great. And no. then you have the champ. Oh, you have, oh yeah, yeah, that's which right. Which is that's one right. of the, Jack Jenkins is one of the most painful parts of the film, but also like the joke you don't want to admit that you laugh to in certain bits, of right? Because yeah. it's yeah. kind of yeah. hilarious. Too. It's like, okay. It's like for the affliction that they're trying to portray, which I think is punch drunkness, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. he's had some brain damage from. Being in the right, right, and like it, it's really well delivered for like a funny stutter, but like that's not really what happens to people. Yeah, so, right, right. So they're it's, off, it's, it's, they're off base here. But they were trying to make this person into like I, I, I felt like a, a sympathetic character, but there just wasn't enough of the champ for it to really matter. Yeah, yeah, no, it, no. There I is. felt like they were laughing at him a little bit. Right. They, they, were. Oh, they definitely yeah. were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, phone, my phone's at 1% here. I got I to gotta hop off. Okay. okay. All right, man. All right. Peace out, y'all. Y'all have fun. All right, All right buddy. Thank you. All right. Peace out. All right. Take care. Yeah. The That scene in particular when he's at the restaurant, like there's clearly like the laughing and smirking at him. But it is one of the, I did laugh when. I laughed. After his last bit of it, he says something like, because he's basically telling Eddie Murphy that he's going that if he's he's going to punch somebody out, he's going to knock somebody. He's going to knock somebody yeah. the fuck out. And then he says, "You understand what I'm saying?" And then Richard Pryor, <laughs> with so. one of the best lines of the film, I had to write it down. He says, "He's like, you understand what I'm saying?" And Richard Pryor says, "I understand now. It took a while, but I got it." <laughs> <laughs> he also has like when he interrupts him when he goes punk, and he's like, "I know, I know." there's there's that it's it's unfortunately funny it is unfortunately funny like the taxi scene is like it's funny it's it just it's just you know what you're you feel bad for laughing about it bad idea good bit yeah but it's a funny bit it's a funny bit man they got me all three times they got me at some point of it it's uh you know it's just with with the cast you know, just the movie itself and what it represents as far as Eddie Murphy making that power move and a, a black director and a black writer and, and essentially an all black cast for the most part, you know, yeah. it matters because of that. And, and there's yeah. good times in it. You know, it's a shaggy movie, uh, but it matters. Um, not, I mean, not to mention the fact that during the same scene, they are both fooling a white gangster, a yes. bunch of white cops, paying off a bunch of white cops and showing a black man virtually untouched beating the living soul out of a white guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Just yeah he's brutally destroying right? this man, just destroying this man. And no one would stop the fight because they couldn't admit that this dude could win. Yeah. No it's white like, savior, no white savior figure in the movie. Uh, no white ally feeding them information. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's them against the world. So it, it matters because of that. It's just, um, I, I get why. It has a twenty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes at the same time. I, right. I see why, because as a you know, as it's a not movie, good movie per se. It's only good because the acting is so good. Yeah, that's it. The actors are so fun. It's charming. Yeah, everybody in it is charismatic as fuck. You can't the you can't take your eyes plays, off anybody in that movie. The dude that plays this like that awful bumbling numbers runner for Bugsy that gets <laughs> oh, yeah. that gets you know. He gets clipped by uh, by sunshine or whatever. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Richie Vento. Richie Vento. That's right. Richie Vento, like that dude was awesome. He was good when he just jumps on the phone. He's like, "Listen, baby, I'm never coming home no more. Just type, <laughs> see you around." Yeah, yeah. Get, get me, get me Holly Court fifty five three seven seven. Yeah. Hello, it's Daddy. Hey, darling, put mommy on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Barbara, <laughs> it's Richie. Yeah, look it. I ain't ever coming home no more. Take it easy. <laughs> that, and then he like that, sits there and like nods to himself, like, "Yeah, I think I this is great. Yeah, it's, I'm, it's I'm like, a genius. This works out. This I'm a good. genius. I turn my back on my family. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a genius." 
Brian, I think you put it, I think you really put it best. You said this is a shaggy movie. I think that's absolutely yeah. right. I'm going to yeah. say this is one of my favorite shaggy movies. And then we're going to pick that in seven. But it is undoubtedly that. There's some great performances. Yeah. It's tonal shifts are too dramatic uh, and, too, and too confusing. The exposition is excruciating and repetitive. Um, there are even bits that get repeated that don't need to get repeated. But all it's in way all, too long. it's it a good movie. Minutes. And if you're an Eddie Murphy fan, you're going to love it. You're going to love time. it. Of course. I love this film. And the weirdest thing about this whole, this film, the like craziest fact mm-hmm. is that there was like a rash of violence surrounding the film when it came into theaters. Get out of here. Multiple Wait, shootings. A- at theaters, yeah. Tons of fights. Like managers of hotels had to come out to the media and be like, I don't think the show is at fault. Like, I don't think that the movie is the thing that's making these people violent. I think people just are mad at each other. I think they stopped just short of saying like a bunch of white people and a bunch of black people converged and some jerks made it terrible. It's 1989 yeah. in America. Yeah. Right, right. A lot of tension. Totally. When is there not though, right? But it's just wild that it's like 2022 movie, in America, yeah. even as violent as the movie is, you're like, at no point did I want to be like, all right, let's fight. Right. I'm ready to fight yeah. somebody. No, no, no <laughs> it's, it's not that type of violence. Yeah. It isn't. It's like play. It's, you know, it's, it's serious because there's holes and, you know, there's blood and stuff. But I, I did want to fight somebody after watching The Adventures of Pluto Nash. That makes sense. <laughs> Anybody in Vampire in Brooklyn, I would have brawled in the streets during Vamp- halfway through Vampire in Brooklyn. I'd have been like, yeah. let's go. Let's fight. Yeah. I'm done. Humanity's I'm done. done. If this talking. is what Eddie Murphy's doing, we're doomed. Self-harm during Norbit and Metro. Oh, definitely. Uh, Metro. Metro. Saw that in the theater. Yeah. That is not a theaters movie for him. No. I don't even oh, know what there? that one is. Dude. You know, I after this. the plot. I know it was a cop, right? It was basically Beverly Hills, a, Beverly Hills Cop. Basically, it was a cop movie that wasn't Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, man, because Beverly Hills Cop is a wonderful, ridiculous film. Well, you know what's not a wonderful film? It's Metro. Okay. Metro is not good. I don't don't know. know. What's worse, Metro or I Spy? Like, we start to get real dark Or Beverly Hills Cop 3, which is... Or Beverly Hills Cop 3. I think Beverly Hills Cop 3 is better than all those just by default, but yeah. Just yeah, for he's saying still got Beverly it, he's Hills still in zone a little bit, Beverly Hills yeah. He's still got the charm. Yeah, he's not like missing. He's entirely. pretty charming. It's a bad film. I, I remember though at the end, there's like a 730 minute shootout. <laughs> like, gather every gun you can carry, friends. It's time to shoot. <laughs> Just everyone shooting guns. Babies are jumping out of carriages shooting guns. <laughs> it's insane. I'm just saying though, like Eddie Murphy has had a few. A few stinkers and a few softies in his career, but sure. I think I think the good outweighs the bad. So I think this much is the Dr. best Man. stinker in his in his pile by far. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean his uh his run is uh his run of classics is uh is unimpeachable. Mm. I mean you know history history is going to be kind uh, to Eddie Murphy. I hope so. I hope so too. Excellent guests. Excellent guests. The format is fun when the movie is fun. The format is fun when the movie is fun. That's not crazy talk. I sort of forgot that. Like, yeah, we when we did like grow like grow house, or we did like some of the fun, really yeah. fun movies in Stoner season, where we like did like Leprechaun in Space. Oh or, man, totally. You know, Leprechaun. We were in the having hood. a blast. Yeah, but I, I, I gotta tell you, Gary. We're better than the sum of the parts of this season. We're better than this. We really okay. put some people through hell. Yeah, including ourselves. That's for sure. I'm, I'm, I don't know what movies are anymore. Yeah, well, I go watching. to movies now and I'm laughing at the wrong things. <laughs> people are mad at me. <laughs> no, <laughs> like I, I mean. Uproariously laughing at the most serious reveals. I'm like, that's it? I don't know how Not to behave this. in a movie. Th- I don't know how to behave in a movie theater anymore. It's Why is like, everybody so serious? I don't really know Somebody what to do. fart or something you know it's just... it's it's we we're not running a class organization right now no no exactly we're not look and today reminded me of that because this was high way higher class than anything we 
we suffered through. Look, and we had guests who were like enjoyed the movie largely. Like yeah. I didn't do a poll at the end. I didn't ask them because this wasn't part right, of. Right, it's the, not uh, part of it. No, it's not part should of have it. Been. I like, should have picked this one, but yeah, if you had, it would have been that. But like I didn't ask the question because I knew the answer already. No one was yeah. going to say, "Oh, this is a bad, bad movie." The most surprising thing might have been if someone tried to make the case that it was a good movie. Um, but really, I think we were all kind of like good, bad movie. Yeah, that's what this is. Looking, we at the immediately guys agreed that like it's a. It's a funny movie for a lot of it. Very funny movie. And we agreed on what the what the issues were. I don't think there was any dispute about like, okay, the pacing is totally. bad. And like, it, you wish there was more of the improv because that's some of the most fun stuff. And like, you know, that's there's repetitive much, yeah. and- There's it, some it, dumb it, things in there, whatever. Yeah. That, that's that. I mean, like- Yeah, I had a good time. Like we've been going to stuff like, you know, how funny it was when he jumps out of the car <laughs> while being chased by, by Arsenio Hall. The five like, mile an hour car chase. Five mile an hour right? car chase. Like all these idiosyncratic things that just so yes. showed when this movie took place. Like this is like, oh, oh yeah. And the, my favorite, my absolute favorite part of the film when the guy's shooting the tiny little pea shooter. Yes, exactly. And they're just like lighting up this room with Tommy gun fire from and three dudes. Like, and he's like, pew, pow, pow. Yeah. <laughs> It's like that. What are you doing with that little shit? <laughs> Nothing. And then like, also like, I love like when they have the big, they're sitting around and talking about the big score and oh, like yeah. what they're going to have. And it's just like, you're all going to walk away with $50,000. I'm like, that's like a <laughs> terrible reality that's show. Good. That's like, that's like third tier love Island, $50,000. And they give yeah. you the figures. Like they're getting 500,000 off of Bugsy alone. Yeah. You guys are getting, basically your whole stake is coming out of that. Yeah, I think it, though that sugar they hadn't really counted the money yet. They were just going to get out of town. It also was I think like that he counted it later, and if he, he would have cut them in for a higher percentage. Yeah, and I think I like also that. what is fifty thousand dollars in nineteen thirty nine money? Fifty thousand dollars is probably like a million bucks or some shit. If we had voted and and when we had voted and when I won, I planned on going. I am in charge of the girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have uh, that that southern twang, and I do believe that that. That one, Obsessed and Class Act were all on my can't lose list. Mm -hmm. I knew I was going to win. I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, yeah. That would have been a winner. Maybe that should have been in competition, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. And it's it's just sad. Like, we're a classless organization, man. We're, we're, We're leading ourselves down a path of darkness. And the only thing that will bring us out is more darkness, Gary. I worry that might be true. It's the Cabbages Podcast Network.